Hey entrepreneurs and website owners, if you're ready to take your online presence to the next level, you need a reliable web host. And that's where Hostgator comes in. Hostgator is your one-stop solution for easy, affordable, and powerful web hosting. Whether you're launching a blog, an online store, or anything in between, Hostgator's got you covered. Don't miss out on creating the website you've always wanted. Visit Stigmas and Open Wounds slash Hostgator today and let your online journey begin. Hey everyone, welcome to a new Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. Kind of feels like a while since we've done this, Eric, huh? That's because it has been a while. Yeah, I mean, I know that it was a break before the last episode for you guys, but it's been a little bit of a break for us. We took a little bit of a vacation and then we're going to take another one. So We're cramming in podcasts to to make room or... To get them done before we go on the next vacation, huh? Yeah, so I hope that you guys had a, a good break before our our last episode, and we had a we had a nice break. In fact, my computer did not want to make it back from Guatemala. She started crying, so we're gonna try it on a new computer this time. So let's hope this makes it through. It will make it through because it's the same computer as I have. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see. So, so this episode is something we've touched a little bit briefly on, but we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive on today. It's clinical depression. So we, like I said, we've talked about it, but we haven't really dug into it. And I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to bore you guys too much, but what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do a little bit of a definition. Yeah. But then I'm going to kind of talk about how I've experienced it. And then kind of my background with it. So to start out with, I want to know, Eric, do you know what makes clinical depression different than really, I guess, any other kind of depression? So, you know, when you say, hey, I'm a little bit depressed today, what makes clinical depression different? Clinical depression, it comes on at... Regular depression comes on because of something. Something causes the regular depression to come on, whereas clinical depression can come on for no apparent reason whatsoever. You know what? That was that was a really good guess. But that's not right. That's you know what? You were really close. But guess what? That's situational depression, which is something that I was going to touch very briefly on. But I guess hey, let's jump the gun. Situational depression is very, very close to clinical depression, and it has, I would say, pretty much the same, the same symptoms as clinical depression. I would say, like when it listed, I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty much the same symptoms. But situational depression, what it says here is, it's a short term stress related type of depression. So it comes on. Essentially, what it says is it could be problems at work or school, illness, death of a loved one, moving, uh, relationship problems. So that's triggered by something. Right. Right. And what I'm saying is is that that's not what clinical depression comes from nowhere. Yeah. That, okay. That's, okay. That's Sorry. What I, I misunderstood you. I thought that, that you were saying that it was that you were calling 
clinical yeah. depression. No. Right. So the th- depression I suffer from is because it's set off by something. Right. But, but so clinical, you would yeah, so you would essentially de- have situational depression. But generally. clinical depression would be it mm-hmm. just comes on and you say to the person, Well, why are you depressed? And they're like I don't they know. They start crying and they exactly. say I don't know. And, and that is that is I legitimately that. what happened. <laughs> what has happened to me the first time that I had it even, I was like, I'm not happy and I don't know why. And even, and the thing is with situational depression, it can turn really deep where you do need to go on medication for a short time. If it's, if it is something that's significant enough enough of a, you know, if, if you've had a job for say 30 years and they're like, well, Hey, guess what? Pack up your box. Then you can be like, well, I have no idea what I'm going to do next. This was my identity. You can have to go on medication for a little bit because all your serotonin has been zapped away, etc. I, I like I like how you just took everybody's career <laughs> and took it down to a box. Well, I'm sorry, but that that's pretty much how we say. But think about it. That is pretty much how how it happens. You know, all of a sudden one day you, you see this box sitting on your desk, and then you're just like, like, well, shit. And now and now you can understand. I should tell you, Tracy, that it it you just shown how long it's been since you've had a job. I because, know because nobody packs up your box anymore for you. <laughs> they make you go back to your desk and pack it up. Well, when that's you get what I'm saying. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You go to your box or you go to your desk and you see that box and you're like, "Man, you're kicking me out, and I have to pack up my own box." Actually, I would probably rather pack up my own box because they would not pack it up right. <laughs> I'd be like, no, this stuff goes together. This stuff goes together. Because I am so anal. I I just, I have to have things right. I mean, you've seen me shopping. I'm like, no, you don't understand. These things go in the in the cold drawer when we get home. So these have to go in this bag. And so, yeah, I they would not. But getting back to it, clinical depression, the, the definition that I got from Mayo Clinic It just says clinical depression is the more severe uh, form of depression, also known as major depression, go figure, or major depressive episode. It isn't the same depression caused by a loss, such as the death of a loved one or medical condition, such as the thyroid disorder. So basically what this is saying is, yeah, it's worse than than the daily stuff is when somebody says, hey, I'm sad. And so signs and symptoms, basically, people, when when they think of somebody who is depressed, they think that they're going to see somebody walking down the street just crying, maybe a blanket wrapped around them or something. But for me, I kind of will turn into a zombie and sometimes I am sitting there just crying my eyes out and I'm just like, I don't know why I'm sad. I'm just sad. But it does say here you'll have feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, angry outbursts sometimes because, yeah, you don't know why you're sad and you're sad. Loss of interest or pleasure in things that you usually do like. Sleep disturbances tiredness or lack of energy. Man, I've been having that lately. It's probably the time of the year. Reduced appetite, or you might actually have more appetite. It just depends. And then that also then can make reduced uh, weight or gain weight. 
So that's really fun. You can then also get anxiety or agitation, slowed thinking. I've had that one. That's really fun. Feelings of worthlessness. I mean, these are all those really cool things that you have to check off on those lists when you go to the doctor. They're like, in the past two weeks, have you felt worthless? Have you lost energy or have you lost pleasure in doing the things that you've done? You're like, I don't know, maybe. And and you're filling all these things out. I I love when you go to the doctor and they ask you in the last two weeks and you're like trying to calculate. <laughs> and and it, it's just like, I, I can't think of like how long it's been and all that. Um, the other thing, I just so that I don't forget anything, it does also say you have troubles thinking and that's kind of where I go to the zombie Tracy, I think. Uh, and then you might have thoughts about suicide that's when it gets really deep obviously talk to somebody talk to somebody if you feel any of these really but that's easier said than done and then yeah unexplained physical problems that one i have underlined because you don't realize that until you feel depressed for longer because really what happens is your body tenses up and like i know recently my jaw has been really tense lately i've been like clenching my jaw (laughs) i think i had that when we were sitting on the um the tarmac for the airport our our flight was delayed for like three hours and my jaw is like clenched up and I wasn't like like I think I was depressed and I was anxious I was like everything and then you don't realize it but all of a sudden your whole body is like clenched up so your body is then taking it's getting a toll taken on it so what you don't realize is everything is connected so, so yeah, there's everybody, so many people think that you're just uh, a crying mess when you're depressed, but really, it's not just the whole crying thing. And, and I think everybody should realize that, that for a person that doesn't suffer from this, it is very hard to understand it. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. And there, there's times that, that even all of a sudden I'm starting, I, I go like, am I starting a depressive episode? I don't. No, and then suddenly I'm like dead in the middle of it, and then I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm in a depressive episode. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I've always tried to take the approach of try to imagine that you're, if you're a person that does not suffer from any sort of mental depression, try to imagine you being in a very, very situational depressed mode, mm-hmm. and then j- just try to imagine feeling the way you feel because all of those symptoms that you just described for clinical depression i have felt all of those during situational depression so the two of them aren't that much different the the big underlying difference is is that one has a reason and the other one doesn't have a reason right And, and try to imagine that you're feeling the way you are after your grandma dies or something Mm-hmm. But there's no reason for it, and you don't see an end to it because you don't know you don't what's know why. causing it. Yeah. You just try to imagine how difficult that would be to deal with. And I have found that by putting by putting myself in that mindset, I can see how the person that is suffering from the condition, why they act the way they are, why they do the yeah. unreasonable things. And it is still hard because it's like you're depressed for no reason. And yeah, it's well, frustrating it, to a person because you can't understand. It's frustrating to yourself. Why. Like, like, cause, cause for me, I mean, when, when I'm in it, I'm just like, I want this to be done. I should be able to fix myself because I don't know why I'm unhappy. So why can't I just be happy? 
And, and like for me now, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm in a way better place than I was last year at this time. So I feel like, feel like I'm prepared for this whole seasonal depression thing. So I should be, yeah, I'm sure I'll get depressed uh, over the winter, et cetera, et cetera. But I I feel like I'm going to be a little bit better than last year. But then I'm like, don't be stupid. You're probably going to get depressed at some point because you're, you can't control your brain. You can only control what happens when this happens. And so I'm just like, I'm the only thing I can do is prepare for it. But I'm just like, wow, that's really kind of a bummer thing. But at least right now I'm doing better than I was last year and better than. So you can just make a toolkit for that. But it's just such a weird thing, the way that brain works. And and yeah, I mean, it, it just, I guess it kind of sucks how how you don't know why. And and really, I, I guess I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have more to, to say well, about I mean, that? Like not I'll, understanding? All I all I would add is to, to that is, is that just, for, I mean, I've learned that I will never fully understand how that feels. Yeah. But I think by framing it in the way that I do, I get a much stronger understanding of how, um, yeah. while it still may frustrate me some of the times, some of the things that you do. I mean, it will frustrate it comes in me, clearer, maybe? but it, but it's, it's, I'm more understanding of it because I can envision how awful <laughs> that would be. Yeah. It even really though is. I've never experienced and and I probably can't even ex- understand how truly awful it is because I've never experienced it, but right. I get, I feel like I get a much clearer picture of how awful it is Well, and the because way, I frame it in a way that I, my brain can understand. I guess, thank you for, for putting, for bringing that up and putting it that way, because I never even thought of, thought of it that, that in that sense. And just you, you bringing that up and putting that out there, I think can really maybe help either those struggling with it or those struggling trying to understand other people. I I don't think I even realized that you did that. I just know that it's become easier for you to to yeah. deal with me and over I mean, the years. And I just assumed that it was because you've dealt with me and, you know, whatever. And that's, that's not just – depression isn't the only condition that you can do this with. Because oh, I've, also, yeah. I've also done this with, with when you're having massive Anxiety. migraines – Oh God! You know, yeah. I, I envision migraines, yeah. just not like my migraines. And I try to imagine, like, okay, because one of the things is, is that I'll get in a migraine, but I'll never have a migraine that and, I just simply won't do anything all day because the migraine is so bad, right? You know, and I'm like, but, oh, I'm I'm nauseous, and you're just like, well, when I get nauseous, I I have to eat, and I'm like, oh my gosh, the thought mm-hmm. of eating, and or oh this and this and. And I can't, you know, I can't do this. And oh, that's sensitive, you know. And and but then you're just like, well, okay. By this point, my my migraine's better. And I'm like, oh well, I'm on day three, <laughs> right? And that's so, how I do it. Is I think think like, okay, I have this migraine, but I know pro- more than likely all I have to do is get through today, and it'll be gone tomorrow. Right. And then I try Whereas to frame I'm it like, in my okay, head. Okay, this one feels okay. like it's going to be at yeah. least a two day or yeah. Or like if the next day comes and I wake up and I have that migraine, I can see how that would quickly, quickly wear down on you. Right. To the point where, I mean, I won't even say maybe your migraines are way more severe than me. Neither one of us will ever know that. Right. But 
even if they're not, I can see how the long extended duration of it would right. just make them amplified so much more. Well, and then and then you think about it, and then technically, I've got the ones that that even after they're done the day after, I just have the exhaustion period. And I'm like, can I just have a day where I just breathe? So yeah, I guess when you, if you compare things and just the fact that, that you can put yourself in my shoes to even a, a small extent, it helps both of us really. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what really helps us survive each other. Well, and I think with a lot of things in life, but especially stuff like this that that one person lives through and the other person can't really understand that's what you have to do oh, to easily to, easily to under to to have some semblance of understanding and another important thing is you have to f- understand that you're never going to fully realize it right. because what's going on inside of another person you can never know right like you and, said like you said who knows maybe my migraines aren't aren't worse than yours because we d- we will never know like my green could be your blue your mm. y- you know we've we've discussed this kind of thing where yeah maybe i just am a sissy and i can't handle it i really don't feel like I, I really hope that's not the case but because then wow but but yeah I mean but if you can the more that you could try to put yourself in other people's shoes even to a fraction and say okay if this is what I'm feeling then maybe this is what they're feeling then okay you know and you don't have to say then wow I sure feel for them but then you can say okay then you know, if then that then I can understand them just slightly more. And gosh, again, we're we're dreaming of this perfect world. However, that is that is a first step to any of this. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really a, a big step of of really understanding people. But uh but I guess back to when I was first diagnosed, this was before I knew you, because gosh, you were in the Navy still. So it's 2001, or either either that or it was when you were going in. I don't know. No, I was in the Navy. Because uh, I was in college. I remember I was at I was at the, the two-year college, and I was, I can still remember at one point I was, I was hanging out, I was visiting one of my friends. In the hallway, and I was just like, it was one of my friends that I was, I was just always generally pretty happy around. We had a Shakespeare class together and everything, probably had it later that day. And I was just like, he's like, yeah, how are you doing? I'm just like, I'm not happy today, and I don't know why. And I don't know why I can remember this, but I just significantly, like, I can still remember the hallway that we were down. And like, so I feel like this is just the significant thing in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I can just remember saying like, I am not happy, but I don't know why. And so that was just one of those things that sticks out to me thinking like, why don't I know why I'm not happy? And so, but I didn't do anything about it at that time. And I don't know either if that is 
if it was before, I th- and I do think this was before anything had gotten diagnosed or anything. I think my grandpa also knew that something was kind of up with me. He was he was like one of those guys who would just like we him and I were were really like chummy. And I, I I would I used to say like if I was ever on a game show I wouldn't have a sign that said Hey Mom I'd have a sign that said Hi Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so like so like the fact that he knew something was like not right with me kind of made sense and but he I don't think he really knew what it was either. But I mean I think we all we were all chalking it up to Hey I'm a teenage girl whatever no big deal. But, you know, looking back, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, all this stuff is starting to make sense, especially all the stuff that you and I are now figuring out about me. Stuff is all making sense. And and then I finally, like, I I had a blowout with my family one night. We were getting... We were getting submarine sandwiches from Subway. Okay, well, yeah, Subway. <laughs> you know Subway well. You worked there. And... I, I- I, I can't believe there's a person on earth that calls them submarine sandwiches. Well, I'm sorry. I just I was just calling it that because I man, I don't know who listens to this. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, we got subs and I swear my family goes they're like, "What do you want on it?" And my dad was always trying to get me to get more on it because I was such a plain girl at that time. And now I'm the one who eats every- <laughs> Isn't that funny? Now I'm the one who eats everything. I'm like, "Yeah, I came back and I ate cow heart. Yeah, I did this." And then I'm like, "I just want a ham and cheese sandwich." And then I was like, "You know what? I'm fat. Just give me ham." And I'm like, "Don't get me the cheese." <laughs> and I swear to god. So, my dad's like, the cheese does not add that much fat, Tracy. Give, add the the cheese. I threw such a fit. I went in my room and I just, I made it dark. I, I started at that point, I was just laying in my room like multiple times a week and it was all dark. I mean, we all should have known that something was up because I started like multiple times a week going to my my dark room and just laying in there. Yet none of us thought anything of it. Like, oh, no, Tracy's just in her dark room. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> She's just a sullen teenager. And finally, this woman that I worked with who was in her her, I believe, like 40s, because she would always say, I could be your mother. I could be your mother. And her and I were really good friends. She's like, um, Tracy, I think you're depressed. You should get this checked out. <laughs> and thank goodness for her. Because then I came home and I said, um, Mom, Dad, Sue thinks I'm depressed. And I kind of agree with her. And so then I went and I think I can't remember if I did go at that point with my mom because I know I went with my mom um, to a doctor at another point. And I went and I, you know, they had me fill up one of those stupid sheets like, in the last two weeks, have you felt this? Have you felt this? And I'm like, is this really all they're going to have me do? And then they gave me depression pills. And and then it, it, it took obviously a little bit because they have to work their way through. But then all of a sudden I was like, oh, so this is happiness again. And it, I mean, and I'm trying to think, I think my first pill was the fluoxetine, which trying to think if that one's Prozac. But I mean, I was always on generic ones. But then I had to switch 
every two years. I mean, I swear it was almost like clockwork. I switched every two years because my body is so freakish. Well, and I, th- I actually think that's and pretty normal, though. Your body think, just builds up a yeah, tolerance for I things, think. So. Well, I think that is part of it. And then, well, and then it just ends up realizing, I ended up realizing that I was bipolar. <laughs> so I think that was part of it. And then when I was, after I was diagnosed with bipolar, I think I might have switched once or twice. And then we finally found something that worked. And now I'm on like two medications. One is just kind of like a pusher to help along with it just to make sure that it continues to work. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it'll continue to work. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those weird things. Like all of a sudden somebody's like, you know, I think you might be depressed. You should, but it's a weird subject to broach to somebody like, Hey, I think you're depressed because if you're, if you don't do it right almost and they're in that, that fragile zone, then it's like, well, shoot, what do you do? But then as soon as they start getting help, it's, and you start seeing them feel better, you're like, you're so happy for them. It's like, okay, you're not, you're not crying during songs anymore. You're not doing that. Like you're, it just, it's so refreshing to hear how, how much better they're doing or, or, or know that you're doing better and, and it was really brave of that person you worked with. Oh I my gosh! What she said her name was Sue. But Sue, but yeah, I um, still am just so so thrilled that she be- that she said something to me because like I have no idea how long I would have gone undiagnosed with anything. Right, and there's a lot of parents that might have came, you know. Your parents would have never done this, but there are parents out there that could have easily gone like gone and just blown up at Sue for putting this idea in your head or something like that. Yeah, that like is that. true. And that is very like, true. So it was really a strong thing for her to do that she could. Yeah. Well, and you could have blown up at her for yeah, that I too. Could've. I mean. Well, and her and I were very, very good friends. Like, even though she was uh, my parents' age, I would go over, like, I was college age at that point, but I would go over to her house and hang out. I mean, I was one of those people who, like, I still am. I, I don't. I don't know ages pretty much like I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I would totally hang out with Jason's kids. I think they sound awesome. And they're like, you know, what? 12 and six. No, tw- 12, 12 and 13. Yeah, I am in. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, man, I don't think that's something a near 40 year old should say, but I, I just want to hang out with. But like, I don't think of ages is the thing. Like, I just think like cool is cool mm-hmm. is that like i think so like she was 40 and i was 20 i don't care like i i will i will now hang out with somebody who's like 60 if they're still cool mm-hmm. is so so like she was she was just being a good friend and telling me like you're not acting the way that you are like you Normally, are you're yeah. off you need some help hon and and that was really really good of her and and yeah i i still thank her like i'm i'm friends with her on facebook we don't really like converse much you know she sees a picture she comments and 
and whatever, you know, and I see her stuff. I, I, you know, I guess it's one of those things you keep tabs type thing. But I mean, yeah, I, I just, I'm still, I still have a special place in my heart for her just to, to know like, man, I wonder how long I would have been if I didn't have her, <laughs> like how long I would have not been myself if, because I don't know who would have actually been like, hmm, something's wrong. Because mm-hmm. now I see people and I'm like, they're depressed, they're this, they're this, you know, and and uh, and like, I know, I know of somebody recently who just got help and uh, it, they were, I, apparently they were just like crying during songs and stuff. And I'm just so happy that they got depression medication because it sounds like she's doing so much better. And I'm just like, it's, it swells my heart. Just, I'm so happy for her. And I, I, um, God, I'm just so happy to, to know that this that this person got help like because it it just it's one of those things where when you hear somebody who who may not have been doing as well as they should have been and all of a sudden you hear like they're doing leaps and bounds better all of a sudden you think wow i remember when i was there <laughs> and how crappy that was or you think wow i was there 2 weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe not that bad, but I know I, I know that feeling. And yeah, I, it's just it's just a really bum bum thing. And the other thing too is if you go to a doctor and they're a lot of doctors, pretty much all you have to do is fill out that stupid form because which I think is kind of a stupid. I don't like it because it's like anybody can get depression medication that way. I, I've done, I've filled out that form before and, and I'm like, it seems very basic, but I almost wonder if there's like an underlying, I like there's something there's that we don't more, understand about that, it that's that what really. I'm, and that's what I'm wondering. But what, but if, if you go to a doctor and you're not satisfied, I've switched doctors multiple times because either I have not been comfortable. And I think I've talked about this, either I've not been comfortable because of the care that they've given me for like my physical care, like I've had problems with my shoulder, migraines, etc. And I've had problems where I feel like they haven't given me the best mental care. So if you have problems where you feel like they're not giving you the best care, just try to I, I understand that with insurance, sometimes it can be hard, but there's other doctors out there. So if you feel like they're not listening to you, just go to a different doctor. Because I tell you, I've switched so many times, and I'm I'm in the process of looking for a new neurologist. So because you have to feel that in the pit of your stomach, that comfortable feeling. So yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where if you don't feel comfortable, especially with like your mental, honestly, just anything with your health, you have to feel comfortable. Because these are the people who are ta- supposedly taking care of you. So, yeah. I'm curious if you can talk about... So, you talked about how this friend, Sue, I believe. Mm-hmm. I got her name now. Yeah. So, she tells you that she thinks you're depressed. You go to the doctor. You get diagnosed. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, how did that change everything for you? Did Was that, like, a relief because there was some clarity yeah. on what was going on? Um. Kind of, yeah. I mean, 
it's one of those weird things where where it's like I think a lot of people would kind of think like, well, shit, I'm broken. Which you kind of do, but I mostly it was just like a thing where, okay, well, now I understand what's happening to myself now. So once I got everything that was happening taken care of, well, not taken care of, but I guess once I once I got a little bit of clarity, I was like, okay, this isn't just me. It's something that's going on inside of me. It, it Like I said, it took a, a little bit. I can't remember how long it took for the pills to take effect, etc. Because, I mean, it was about 20 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, but more so than so, just the pills. What I'm talking about right, is like, but like how, how did that felt. change? Well, and how did that change like, your state of mind? How did you change right, like, thinking about everything? God, I mean. Because I imagine that, it's, it's, that having you know, somebody tell you that you might periodically feel well, sad for the rest of your life for no reason has got to be a pretty funny stunting thing to find out. Because at, at that point, it never even, I don't think it even occurred to me that, that the sadness thing might even come back or anything. I was like, cool, I'm just going to take some pills and this is going to come, this is going to take care of things and no big deal. I, it didn't even occur to me. I mean, it might have occurred to me, but I just thought, so I'm going to like take these pills and things are going to start to feel better. But of course, it wasn't until the whole bipolar thing that that things were a little bit more interesting because then it was more like, I'm really stuck with this thing for the rest of my life. And then it, then things are really unpredictable because when you wake up, you don't know if you're going to be anxious or depressed or somewhere in the middle. But... The depression thing was a lot more of a a thing where at least I'm not crazy. I mean, I kind of am, but <laughs> I mean, at least there's a reason you're crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that that's just kind of a joke when I say I'm, I I kind of am. Like I always say, no, you guys, I'm crazy. My doctor says I am, <laughs> but that's just that's just one of those things that I say to keep things lighthearted with me because man, if I didn't, I. I could really legit go crazy. <laughs> but I mean, it it was a relief because honestly, then it was like, okay, well, at least I'm crying and going in dark rooms and I guess kind of being a bitch for a reason. And and then I could slowly focus on getting better. And and things were honestly pretty good until the meds stopped working. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, the diagnosis was always a good thing. Even when I got my bipolar diagnosis, it was a good thing. Just up until it it was just, it's just kind of a, a learning thing always. Mm-hmm. When I actually did my learning, that's all. I just don't always, sometimes I, I learn only to a, a certain extent and then I bury my head in the sand because I mean it's hard it's a really hard thing to have so did I did I answer that for you yeah cool cool <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry I've kind of I've kind of in a weird giddy mood today which which I guess you kind of have to do if you're talking about depression I mean we don't want this to be such a 
She's just happy because I'm leaving this afternoon for the weekend, so. Yeah, I get the house to myself. Me and my cats. (laughs) I love it. So. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's really what I had on my list. Because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make this a deep and dreary. But what else do you have to ask me, Eric? Do you have have any? I don't think so. I feel like I've done too much talking on this episode. No, I I love it, man. Well, and I guess the other thing we could touch on, and I we probably have talked about this a little bit in a previous episode, but it's always good to reiterate things. So you get diagnosed, you get put on medication. It sounds like early on it, it was kind of a roller coaster because the medications would stop working. And yeah, then they would start, I mean, then it you was kind of like it a- would be good when it was good. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh. was it two years? <laughs> so... How do you feel like, how do you feel like it is now? Like, like if you were to flashback to, I don't know, 10 years ago, has your mood, do you feel like your mood is considerably better than it was? You know, it's really interesting. I would say, let's see, you were still in my life two years ago, so, or 10 years ago, so horrible. No, I'm just kidding. No, I would say... Gosh, it's so weird because I I just want to say it's like roller coaster. I would say right now, if you would if you were to ask me this question, like one year ago, I would say hell. <laughs> no, right now I'm in a really really good place, and I feel legitimately like for, a really good place. I remember back to early on in our probably even mostly before we were married, and I can remember. Yeah. Some of the things that happened and it was like you were really bad. Yeah. I mean, when well, we were it, I, I don't want to say bad that was, because that makes it sound really bad. But no, you but were, we were not the well, a I good was, mind state. I was doing I was doing a lot of experimenting. Well that sounds that sounds really bad too. But I was trying to I remember it was kind of like, Well, can I try going off my medication? Yeah. And I was like well, bipolar people should not go off of medication ever. Why did – and that was – I remember you tried to go off. You're like, well, I'm going to go over to my dad's and smoke a cigarette. And I said, just go. Just go. And I was so adamantly against smoking at that time, which I still am. But I'm also at kind of at this thing of like just live your life. I don't really want to judge people for living life and whatever. So if you wanted to go over – and smoke a cigarette, I'd be like, shh, whatever. But well, but when I think of some of those instances, some of those instances they don't were, happen anymore. No, and that makes me like, think that you're in a much better place. Well, and I know last year at around this time or or going into winter was a really rough time. However, I think I was going through a lot of self-exploration where I was learning a lot about bipolar a lot more and it was partially due to this podcast which is you know hey a good thing but i was just i was learning a lot winter was just really rough on me last year so that's why i say last year i would have said wow it was rough but this year i just feel like i've found my spot again where i'm like yeah i'm great i'm really great but i'd say my 20s were probably kind of rough I oddly enough. So I've really gone on this weird roller coaster. And I think that's kind of a thing that happens with 
any kind of mental illness is you're not going to go in a linear pattern ever. And if you do, you're you're lucky. And I hope it's a good linear pattern and not just a low linear pattern. And and I also have to point out that that it could be maybe maybe you haven't maybe it isn't really better than it was before. But the occurrences I remember very vividly in my mind are right around the time we met. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that this was something very new to me at that point in time and that I had never seen before in my yeah, life. Yeah, well, so those, those we events were very, but we were adjusting to each other too. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Whereas now it's 10 years later. Anything you can throw at me for the most part, I've seen a hundred <laughs> times. And it's not just, it's just an, it's I just a thing and it's not as big of a deal as it was the first time I saw it. That's part of it. And then I think there's also part two where, again, you and I talk a lot. We we we've been talking a lot recently about how I thought I'm in my twenties. I was so grown up and I knew so much. Everybody in their twenties, exactly. That. Everybody in their twenties thinks that, and well, even even so many people who think that they're really grown up. I mean, I thought I was above uh, so many twenty year olds. I thought. I've been through so much shit. I I am so grown up. But then now I realize, wow, I was not. I was so clueless. Mm-hmm. And I think, so I think, and honestly, I think I'm probably like when I'm maybe 50 or 60 going to look back at this and think, oh man, that 39-year-old didn't know shit. Well, and I'm sure you will because- that's and, just the- and it's just funny because what I've been through in the, this past couple of years, and it's not it's not just, I think there's so many people who have been growing because of the pandemic and everything, and it might be partially because of it, but it's not really because of that. It's just because of different traveling things we've done, just different things that you and I have done uh, with this podcast, etc. I've just really grown. And I've kind of come into my own and realized a lot of stuff. So suddenly, I have become a stronger person. And what happened in my 20s, etc. And just early on in my depression, my bipolar, and all that, I had a lot more flub ups and a lot more outbursts. And yeah, I might have some outbursts now. But you also know how to deal with it. I know how to deal with it. Yeah. So I think we both we both realize and now and now I'm also strong enough to say, Yeah, I'm having a day and I don't know why. I'm just gonna go sleep or I'm just gonna, you know, do what I can. You know, and it's it's also weird because I'm also at a point in my life where I'm like my migraines are at their peak worst spot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I don't I don't know how I'm dealing <laughs> kind of with all of this at once, but somehow I am, but I'm just I'm just dealing. I think it's just you just say, "Man, it all sucks right now." And you just deal. Mm-hmm. Because at some point you just have to. Yeah. I guess. But I I think I think honestly, it's it's a big point because you like you said you've seen more than you've seen 
And it's across the board. You know how to handle it better. I know how to handle it better. The cats probably know how to handle it better. I don't so. know, man. These these cats, they've only been with us for, what, maybe two, three years. and But they still know how to handle it better than the first time it ever happened. So That's true. Frankie's super chill. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, I hope that you guys have gotten a little something out of this clinical depression talk. Uh, like I said, we didn't want to make it too deep and depressing, I guess, really, because we just wanted to kind of dip our toes into it, let you guys know kind of the differences between clinical depression and the kind of depression that people get when they're like, oh man, I'm just so sad today. I know what you guys are. I, I just, Why does it I, have to be a surfer, dude? <laughs> just because honestly, you know why? Because, because I swear to God, when I was playing video games with this guy, <laughs> There was a guy who sounded so much like that. I, he wasn't even a surfer, dude, but he was so like dense. And I swear, was I was he like, Sean Penn. <laughs> if it's if you're here and <laughs> I'm here, then isn't it our time? <laughs> no, but but seriously, there was when I was playing video games online. There was a guy, and I and and we. I mean, he seemed to interest in me, and I, I thought I was interested in him until I said that I get depression, and he's like. I get sad sometimes. And I was like, well, well, that's cool. You know, and this is, this is a little bit more, you know, and I tried to explain, he's like, I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't like. Hey man, I, you know what? At least he was honest. I, yeah. And, and at least he was honest, but I get that people don't get depression, but man, what a try he gave us. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say is he gave it such a try. I get sad sometimes. Right. And I just don't get it. And that's all I could think of was, wow, he really tried so hard. So, so yeah, I mean, so we just kind of, like I said, wanted to give you guys a little bit of a background, kind of tell you guys what, what my story was and I guess how far how far we've both come in this in this story and how far our cat came. I don't know if you could hear his little little grumble over there. <laughs> so so yeah. But next week, oh sorry, two weeks, we're gonna be talking about the stresses of the holidays. So Oh man, they're coming, aren't they? They are coming, and oh. that's that's why we're gonna talk about them because you know what? When I was younger, I used to love Christmas. And don't get me wrong, I still like Christmas, but I feel like it's all of a sudden, oh, we have this and this and this and this. And suddenly, as an adult, the holidays get really stressful and you got to bring things to every holiday. And we're just going to tell you a few tricks as to how to make your holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever, you know, whatever, if you, you do Hanukkah, I don't know what holidays you all celebrate, but whatever kind of holiday you celebrate, we're going to help you guys cut down on that stress, hopefully, because man, there's no reason for it. Let's make holidays fun again. And and what's the best part of the holidays? Do you know? <laughs> the food? No. When they're over. 
Yeah, I do kind of like that. <laughs> Honestly, you know what my favorite holidays are? I like Halloween and Dia de los Muertos. Those are my favorites. I like, personally, I like the decorating. I think it's really cool. One of these days I want to get to Mexico for Dia de los Muertos. I think it's really cool. Um, the history, I don't know. I just think think those are cool. Plus, the family doesn't go, hey, do you want to come over for, for Dia de los Muertos? We're going to... I mean, unless you're Mexican, then maybe they do. But our family doesn't. So... It's kind of one of those that I have to myself. So I like that. But anyway, if you guys have any questions, show ideas, just want to say, hey, just hit us up on our Facebook, our Instagram, email us. I said it right this time. Email us at stigmasandopenwounds.com. I don't know what you said or last at time. at gmail.com, so. I mean. It's- Sorry. Email us. At stigmas and open wounds at gmail.com. She got it. <laughs> yeah. So, and if you haven't rated us, please give us a good rating. And if you have a good, if you have a reason to give us a bad rating, please just email us. Tell me why. And we'll try to fix it for you. So, yeah. Like I said, we'll be back in two weeks. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. Later.